Welcome back to Rob Gill's Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to learn how to take action on your financial future, click the link in our bio to speak to us directly. To learn more about how you can achieve financial freedom, subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow Rob Gill all over social media. Financial freedom awaits. You know, basketball to me is like business. And if you understand the dynamics, you could really be able to kind of dig deep into teamwork. Uh, you could dig deep into, hey, who situationally can perform better here versus there? And understanding the psychology, but also understanding, and I always say this, turning decades into days, not so much as becoming a great basketball player overnight, but the minds behind the team, the coaching behind the team, the pedigree behind the team, the action steps behind the team, and the proven winners behind the team, there's no coincidence. We could talk about Phil Jackson for a second. Yeah, no, I get it. He coached Jordan, and then he coached Kobe. But the system he had was somebody that, if anyone else coached those guys, maybe would have won one, two, three championships. But he won nine championships. You know why? Because the triangle offense was all about sharing the basketball. And any great coach out there in basketball understands if you share the basketball, you could take an average bunch of kids and turn them into an ultimate success by understanding less dribbling and more passing. Anyway, I'm lucky enough today to have with me Eric Yunkowski. What's up, Eric? How are you? Thanks How for having me. How you doing, me? brother? Great. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Eric is the coach of Middletown North. He just finished his first season. And, and just to give you a quick highlight, and for all you entrepreneurs out there, it's important to understand systems and processes, but who's your top five? I always talk about Whose shoulders are you standing on to make sure that you could take that next quantum leap forward? And so not only did Eric play for Danny Hurley at a division one level, right, at Rhode Island, yep. after having a phenomenal high school career right here in Monmouth County, New Jersey, but he also got to coach underneath Danny for about six or seven years. Yep. Seven like director years. of basketball operations was part of the whole system. Yes. Understood day to day what it take what it takes to become not only a great coach, but how to motivate a team. Yeah. And if anybody knows basketball, Dan Hurley is the son of the great Bob Hurley, who was the coach of St. Anthony's High School, legendary basketball coach that made it to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he actually won 28, 29 state championships. He also had six players that were Division One. I'm sorry, six uh, six players that made it to the NBA first round draft pick, 142 Division One scholarships. And any player that played for Coach Hurley for four years at least experience one state championship. So when I look at Eric, I look at somebody that in any kind of business model or any kind of setting, it's the coaching tree. They talk about the coaching tree. You look at all the different coaches in football or, you know, in basketball, they come from a coach that was that taught them the game from day one. You happen to be a, a person that loves the game of basketball. You happen to have your own sex, uh, success with your own dad, yeah. who, as I understand it, grew up in Hudson County, kind of like myself. Yeah. St. Anthony's High School was surrounded by great basketball yeah. as a baseball player. Somehow you gravitated towards basketball, and he was on that high school journey with you. So this is a passion for you. So Eric, thank you so much for being part of today's conversation. I'm super grateful. So what was it like for you growing up? Like, where did it all start for you? You know, it all started with my dad and my brother. Uh, my brother's a Division One basketball coach right now. Wow. So he he trained me. My father trained me. And what happened was, as I started to get a little bit better, he brought me up to Jersey City. I went to a couple of St. Anthony Open gyms in seventh grade. Wow. And, and I got really into it. Um, so was your bro brother older? 
Yes. So you were able to benefit from him being a good basketball player? Was he a good, like you? Yeah, he was was three years older than me. He he was a good basketball player. Got it. He went to University of Kansas to be a manager. Wow. He knew he wanted to get into coaching. So he was under Bill Self there. And then he, you know, went right to Cincinnati with Mick Cronin, and then yep. he went to UCLA with Mick Cronin, and now he's at Loyola Marymount. Yeah, so, so Bill Self is is a coach with two college national championships, yep. and then obviously Cincinnati, UCLA. Yeah, that pedigree is incredible. But you, let me rewind it for a second. For anyone that's watching this video right now, if you went to a White Eagle Hall, that's my version in 1987-88, open gym at St. Anthony's, you were meeting not only just the best players in the state, yeah, but you were around the best players probably in a tri-state area. And those games would, I would say, I would argue they were on the same level as Rucker Park. The level of competition that you were able to go see at a young age compared to where you were, you know, we call that, you know, increasing your standard, your basketball standard must have been incredible for you. And your dad was able to bring you up there. That's an unbelievable gift. Yeah. And then, you know, I had a great career at Middletown High School North. I recently inducted into the Hall of Fame there. And I went on to play for Danny Hurley at the University of Rhode Island. So let's go back to Middletown North, though. Yeah. You played four years? Yeah. Varsity? Yeah. Okay, so you were a kid that was heralded coming out of eighth grade locally, I would assume? Yeah, yeah. By the time, because this area has traditional teams that win, by the time you were a senior, how well did your team do? Or even like on that AAU circuit, like yeah. what, what did that look like for you? Because I think that's important on some of these action steps to get to the next step. Yeah. You know, for us, uh, our AAU program, the Game 7 Sharks at the time, they were very successful. We had a lot of local short conference kids. Plenty of kids went on to play Division One basketball. Wow. Um, and then at the high school level, uh, you know, my, my junior and senior year, we were super successful. Uh, we won a state section championship nice. at Middletown North. Um, Who, who'd you beat? That was, like, was any upsets for you? We, we beat Colts Neck in the championship there. You know, the year before, the big thing was we, we beat Christian Brothers Academy. Wow. As a junior, you beat CBA. That's pretty incredible. I know their pedigree is incredible. I mean, they've had great players over the last 20, 30 years, even 40 years. Were you guys not supposed to beat them in that game? Was it, like, a big upset? And did you know going in it was possible based on your experience? Yeah, I think, you know, coming into the season, there wasn't a lot of expectations for us. I think going wow. into that game, we were like 11-0. and 0, Okay. And we had just been on the AAU circuit, like nationally. Yeah. So we were we were ready for, for any opponent. And you guys um, had played together in the summers. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, okay. So, so that served chemistry you well. was there. Um, it, it was a big deal for the high school because it didn't happen often. Yeah. At Middletown North. Where was the game played? It, that know. was at CBA. Oh, you beat them on their court. Yes. Was it close? Was it? It was a close game. Okay, so yeah. did you play them again after that, or was it just they that? came back to Middletown North and got us? Oh, they got you. Yeah. So they, all right. So they, <laughs> but you still won that year. Yeah. You guys won the state. So that year we won our division, and then okay. the, my senior year we came back and we won um, our state section. Now, did you big. make it into the tournament champions that year? So we were one game away. So what happened was we lost to Atlantic City. Okay. If we beat Atlantic City, yeah. we were going to play St. Anthony's at Rutgers. Oh well, it, it was good. So we, we it was good that you lost. I mean, yes, yeah. We, they, I, <laughs> I, I know the same thing. Kyle Anthony. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's <laughs> all good. So, um, but listen, man, I, I love your basketball journey. I just, you know, for, I just got to know Eric over the last four weeks, three weeks actually, and I admire, I like to hunt excellence, right? And I admire um, basketball, but I also know if somebody's a good basketball player, I know what it takes. But then if I look at somebody that's your size and was a really good basketball player, then I then there's a, there's a lot more to it than than just like practicing every day. I suspect without ever seeing you play, but I suspect your basketball IQ must have been off the charts. Your craftiness must have been off the charts. Your quickness and and your understanding of the game must have been off the charts. Um, I'm saying it. You're not saying it. But can you talk about some of the edges that you maybe had over other players that maybe been physically bigger or stronger that served you well? 
because all, all the people I talk to are entrepreneurs. Yep. Right? Yeah. And in the entrepreneur space, we hear a lot of no's. We, we, there's a lot of doors that shut before the door opens. Can you talk about overcoming that adversity that you may have had? Yeah, definitely. I think the biggest thing was work ethic, right? And, you know, that's before school. Like I was in the gym at 5 a.m. Oh, lifting boy. weights. There I you was, go. you know, yep. get, getting shots up, doing anything extra. And then the big thing was you know, in the summer, like I, I wanted to play the best competition. So I went to all these events and I got beat up a little bit. Yep. And then you come back to, you know, came back to this area and we were, we had a lot of success. So, you know, you're great. I love the fact that you got up at five in the morning and then when you get beat up by kids that may have been a little bit more down the road than you, how did you overcome that emotionally? Did you feel bad for yourself at times? Were you yeah. like I, and, and I'm talking to you because I, this is the message I want my, my two sons to hear, yeah, my daughter. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm asking these questions. Yeah, for anyone yeah. who has kids, it's, yeah. you might want to listen no, to this I, and take I, some I notes. I felt, uh, you know, in the moment, it, yeah. it, was, it was very upset. Like, I played a bad game and you're crushed. Yeah. You know, you, you can't yeah. sleep that night, what yeah. happened. And then that's what fuels you the next day. Yeah. And um, you, you learn from that. You, yeah. you, you just have to stay in the fight. You know, yeah. that's Coach Early's big thing with us. Stay in the fight. So you, you graduate high school. Yeah. How did you go to, how, how did the whole Rhode Island thing happen? Yeah. So I was going to go to Wagner. Uh, where Wagner Hurley is was. a school in Staten Island, New York. Yeah, I was going to be a preferred walk on there. Yep. And then Coach uh, Hurley got the job at uh, University of Rhode Island. Can we talk to this people? Because I, I think there's a, a people need to understand what this means. A walk on just isn't for anybody. Mm -hmm. You can't like you can't just go to college and oh, I'm going to walk on for, to the team. No. There has to be. I'm not going to say a special invite. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I don't know the rules on that. Mm -hmm. But there has to be a certain understanding or a language or a path. Yeah. How did you even get to the point where Hurley and Danny's a phenomenal coach? I, I have the good fortune of knowing Danny. His dad and, and my sister's husbands are brothers, so there's a connection that goes back into the 70s. But Danny's always been a dynamite human being as far as personality, and, and he does stand for, I'm going to say, the blue-collar kid. There's no yeah. question in my mind about it. How do you get to the point, point where you're even a walk-on, a preferred walk-on? Like, what, yeah. what was that all about, going into that season? So I, I've known Coach Hurley, right, my father being Jersey City guy. and he There's was, no freebies here, though, to be clear. Yeah, and, and there is a... Um, uh, my buddy Mike Amen, who, yep. who played AAU with me, they were recruiting him to go to Wagner. Okay. So he was at all of our practices. Ah. And he was at, so he would come to our games, like, you know, all the live events. And, Danny. Yeah. Wow. And um, so he got to see me play a lot because he was recruiting him. Got it. And when it was time to make the college decision, you know, I was looking at, you know, some Division two schools. And he said, you know, why don't you come here? Especially wow. knew I wanted to get into coaching. Got and he, it. he explained to me, like, what I would learn going there. Wow. And, and, you know, the four or five different ways to defend a ball screen. Like, things I didn't even know existed wow. in high school. That's amazing. You know. Proximity is power. Take your notes. Take that and rewind the back. If you heard what Eric just said. Because there was a player on his team that was being recruited, right? Not just the fact that his dad knew coach, but because there was a player being recruited, the coach came to the practices, right? Or to the games, I to should the games. say. Yep. And when a coach comes to a game, which is, we could talk all day long about how to be good in sales and integrity-based human influence and, you know, all these different hello to yes. Unless you could get someone to write the check and put it into your checking account with integrity, it don't matter. So the coach comes to the game and at the game, he sees, wow, this guy, look at look what that works. Blah, 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 blah. All the different things associated with basketball to the point where Coach Hurley, based on what I'm understanding, sat down with Eric and said, hey, you may want to do this because of this, this, and this. And Eric, knowing his outcome, tied to his why, if we know what our why is, and if it makes you cry, then you're going to accelerate really fast. But Eric, knowing what his why was, 
And Danny, Coach Danny, basically saying, hey, we could teach you how to overcome four different ball screens. Now, that is what we call sensory acuity. That's what we call uh, distinctions within distinctions. It's not just overcoming a screen, but four different ways to overcome a screen, which is like four different ways to overcome an objection. Anyway, thank you for that, brother. That was awesome. I love hearing that. So he says to you, hey, you know, we're going to teach you ba 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 ba. How hard was it for you to make that decision? Not hard. Okay. So that was <laughs> so, like. So like for me, I, part of me wanted to play. Yeah. But, but I knew that like, hey, if I wanted to be like a real coach, you, like you have to go learn from Dan Harley. You can't not do that. But what was amazing though, was he one or two years into Wagger at that, at that point? So he was two. Okay. So his, so the star started to rise at that point. We yeah. now knew. Remember, Danny left um, the place out of Newark. Yeah. Um, St. Benedict's. St. Benedict's. Yep. Comes, gets the college gig at Wagner. We yep. don't know if it's going to translate or not. You know, right away, anyone on the inside knew. Mm-hmm. But I'm just talking about like from the outside. Then all of a sudden, boom and boom, and now all of a sudden he's becoming someone that's heavily recruited on the mm-hmm. coaching circuit. So go ahead. So you go there. Yeah. So you know, he got the University of Rhode Island job. So so you never made it to Wagner. Never made it to Wagner. Now were you so, like, wow, the, the word the universe just opened up for well, me? Well, I was like, can I? I don't know if I could still go. Rhode Island's like a much higher league than yeah. Wagner. Yeah. And I was division. What is Wagner? It's Division One. Low Division. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then. Um, but you know, Rhode Island's the only ten. Like at our, my freshman year, there six teams got a bid to the tournament. Yeah. So so Wagner's like an average insurance agent, and then Rhode Island's like a top one hundred. Still not Rob Gill status yet, but definitely we're, we're going to trend there as we get to UConn. But go ahead. I still had the opportunity to go. He to said, "Come with me, kid." Yeah, and it was yeah. um, the next day. My dad drove me up to the school. It's amazing. And just dude. to just to look at it. And I was like, this place is unbelievable. Like if basketball doesn't work out, yeah. this is a great place to be. Yeah. So tell me more about Rhode Island. Yeah. Rhode first Island year, was, first, like, were you practicing every day? Yeah. So I was a walk I was on the team. I practiced every day. I dressed for all the games. Yeah. Um, talk, I about practice. With the team. talk about college practice versus yeah. high school. Oh yeah. Talk I mean, a little bit about like, that. The intensity yeah. is, um, speed. It's unbelievable. The yeah. pace, the intensity, the passion, yeah. the, the level of detail. It's um, everything is planned out to the second, yeah. you know, and uh, and Coach Hurley, he's so successful because he he's got the same mindset he had when he was a high school coach. Yep. Like he blue collar, yeah. Like it's dad related, and it's all about the players. It's all about relationships. Yep. And like, how am I going to get you better? He's like on the court in practice still. Yeah. Like showing, hey, this is how I do it. Yeah. Uh, and you have to do it like this. So. How about when he yells at people? Is that like the greatest thing in the world? Unless it's you, of course. Well, well so, no, so no significant learning can take place without a significant relationship. So, break that down like I'm two years old. I love the way that sounds. Yeah. So, you know, coach, like. No significant learning can take place without a significant relationship. Yes. In other words, relationship capital. We got to know that we love each other, yeah. trust each other, believe in each other. And if we do, then we can yeah, have a real if conversation. You see, coach doesn't just start yelling at be like he they're at his house on the Got weekends it. it's like they're family yeah so when he's coaching you in practice and he's getting on you it's out of love yeah and you're like absorbing it yeah because you're like oh he's he's trying to help me get better yeah where if there's no relationship and you're yelling at kids it's going to go in one ear and out the other it doesn't yeah. work yeah you know that's why he's so successful because how does he handle and now you right how does he handle because everybody always complains about playing time i don't care what level right mm-hmm. it's a known thing yeah Am I wrong on that? Like, how was that handled at that level? Well, you know. Or is it a different it's understanding? A, it's a different understanding. Like, he, he, he'll he say, like, playing time is one of the most easy things because, like, he's at practice every day. Yeah. And he sees, you know, exactly what happens. Yeah, so he, daddy can't help anybody now. There's no daddy ball in college. No. Yeah. No. 
right? Like, yeah. like daddy can't say, you know, can my son get three minutes no. a game? Yeah. yeah. And he would never deal with he would never deal with that anyway. No, and, and he he's just nobody really questions him. Like yeah. he's got yeah. he's an unbelievable coach. So you spent seven years with him. As a coach, yeah. And then did it get better? Did his did his coaching skill set and elevation because you have your blueprint, right? But it did get did it get better and better? Like what was that like? Yeah, well, he's just a like a constant learner. Okay. Like he's always reading, he's always podcasting, he's always trying to get one percent better. Yeah. So he's he's always evolving. Yeah. So and he goes out seeking it. Like he's not somebody who, like, listen, I think he's the best coach right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's like, how can I get better? Yeah. You know, where like a lot of people they don't have that mindset when yeah. they hit the top. Yeah. And right now, by the way, uh, the tournament didn't start yet. But before this tournament starts, I'm going to go on the record to say I believe that this team that he has this year will at the minimum reach Elite Eight. That's just my opinion, just giving you my, you know, I, I'll never guarantee anything, but that's where my mind's at based on what I've seen in his trajectory. Um, and I think it could be even better than that, but I'm, I'm saying at least Elite Eight. I'd be shocked if that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to what you've learned from there, um, what would be, and I'm sure there's a lot more than this, mm -hmm. but what would you say those three takeaways that you learned that you are now bringing back home as you coach uh, Middletown North High School, right? You're going into your yeah. second year, I believe. And even this summer, you're going to be coaching some, some an AAU program, yep. right? Yes. 16, 17 U, Epic Elite. Um, it's it's my it's, it's Eric's show. But what are the three takeaways that you really kind of you know you put your flag in the ground and 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 can use as your uh, staple in your coaching? Yeah, and I harp on it, but it's it's relationships. It's okay. the biggest thing that coach has. His players love him, yep. right? And it doesn't just happen through practice. It happens through spending time off the court as well. Got it. Um, and then like compassion too. Like, like he's an intense guy, but he's, you know, sometimes people have bad days or what's going on. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and I think, you know, just the, the work ethic. Like yeah. no, nobody's going to watch more film than him. Nobody's going to outwork me. Yeah. I'm going to um, practice. Like I'm not going to cut practice short to go somewhere. Like this is a full yeah. commitment. Um, and for him, and this is rare, like he doesn't miss workouts. Yep. Like a lot of coaches, they go to go recruit, oh, okay. assistant coach, run this. Like, no, like he's, really? he's there. And some coaches like the golf. He, That's he, amazing. He, he does Is he a golfer? Does he golf at all? Nah, no, yeah, yeah. no, no. He's, not no. <laughs> <laughs> he's about his team and his family, you know? Yeah. So um, I, I think it's that, it's just how he attacks it. He's the day-to-day. He's the, the day -day awesome. Just the, the intensity of like, I'm, I care for you a lot and I'm yeah. going to push you really hard because I want to see you succeed. Yeah. So that that's what I take with. And, and the thing for him, and he tells the guys, it's like, it's not just basketball. It's much bigger. Yeah. Like this stuff that you're learning is life. Yeah. Yeah. Like things I've had since I've left UConn, like a lot of things that I've learned coaching and playing with him, I've applied to like real life situations. Uh, absolutely. 100%. So um, when you left UConn, was that a challenging decision? Like what was that like for you? And... Um, after that, once you started coaching here, were you able to implement some of these things that you learned along the way to start building out your own program? Yeah, no, it was incredibly difficult to leave UConn. Um, you know, so, you know, my, my wife and I, we had a son and we moved back home to be around family and stuff. And um, the, immediately, you know, got back in touch with my high school and started coaching. And yeah. it just and that job was blood. open. The job was open, yeah. like at the timing. And um, I mean, we run our praxis like he runs his praxis at UConn. I mean, it's just it's different, obviously. Um, he's got all Division One athletes in there. Yep. But uh, I mean, we're doing the same drills. And how was the passion for you to do it on your own? Did you have a good assistance? Like, what was that all like for you? 
Yeah, no, it, it was good. It yeah. was good. And that that's like um, the philosophy he has. He tries to surround himself around like people who are going to tell him the truth, give him suggestions. Like yeah. he's not looking for yes men to be around. And I'm the same way. There's been people that I have a lot of people that helped me with my North program and yep. they were around while I was growing up and they've coached me in AAU and some are older and they have different perspectives. And that doesn't necessarily mean like I listen to every suggestion or perspective, but I like to hear like people's thoughts on things. Yep. And yep. then, you know, I watch things with my own eyes and we watch a lot of film as a team. So how, like, you know, usually a new coach comes in, you're creating a new system. Is there a buzz now? Like, are there people coming to you more for like next year? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, I think there's definitely like an excitement around the program. I think, um, you know, with the energy and just how we go about our business, how our guys handle their day-to-day -day in school, off the court, like yeah. it's all tied in. So what do you see yourself in the next three to five years? Like what's the outcome? Yeah. Like, and, and, and believe me, I know this stuff changes. Yeah. But like, you know, the world moves pretty fast, right? Yeah. We, we're, you know, you and I just met each other. It's a brand new relationship and there's things happening, uh, which I'll get into in a second. But where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? I see myself as a successful coach at Middletown North. Okay. Um, you know, I see us like winning, yeah. um, you know, like we're, we're rebuilding right now, you know, you know, we didn't do great this year, but that that's, it's all part of the process. We, a lot of the young guys got experience and I see us like very successful because I think, um, you know, the spring and the summer are huge, right? Like work ethic and getting in the weight room and, yeah. and practice and stuff like that. We're going to be able to do those. So you, you weren't able to do that last year, right? No, no, okay. no. When did you come back? What, what was so it? I came back in the summer, but I got the job around September, October. So you didn't have a team. Yeah. yeah. So you basically started in October. Yeah. And, and um, yeah. And then, you know, with, you know, this summer is my, you know, I'm running my summer camp. And it's What's like, the date of your summer camp? So it starts July 10th. July 10th. And then it's four weeks in a row okay. right there. And, you know, kids can sign up for one week. They can sign up for multiple weeks. And where's it located? Right at Middletown High School North. Okay. So it's incredible. Like, the place I went to school, where I grew up, I'm able to take all the knowledge I've learned over the last 10 years yeah. and, like, bring it back home. It's yeah. like... I get the chills. Plus, like, you got really good basketball relationships, and you could have good speakers come in for that camp. Yep. I would assume. Yes, we're right. working on good. some guest speakers. Yep. So um, I'll announce it as it gets closer. Yeah. But I had a couple of people. Stay confirmed. tuned, folks. Yep. Yes. Yes. And so, like you know, you and I just we, I call it an ecosystem merger. You know, Billy Gilligan introduced us, and um, I'm the worst coach in basketball history, just to be clear. But my sons last year kind of played on a team that that I put together for them. Like I said, I. I was just on the bench and I probably added no value whatsoever. So I decided if I was going to do it again this year, I wanted to do it the right way. Yeah. And Billy introduced us, which was amazing. But, you know, Eric has taken over two teams, 16-17U, Epic Elite. Um, we think that's going to be the name. And the goal is to work right through to July, yeah. get into three, maybe four national tournaments, um, have our kids fully, you know, sneakers, uh, uniform shooting, sweatsuits, the whole nine yards, backpacks, and even have the flights paid for because we don't want we don't want anyone to think that they have an advantage by writing a check, to be very clear. So we're going to eliminate any kind of political, social friendships and make sure that we create two teams. Eric's going to run it. Create two teams where the kids learn the game of basketball that one day could serve them in life and business later on. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the next four to five months looks like? Yeah. So we're going to be practicing multiple times throughout the week. And, you know, we're really gearing up to put these guys in the best situation so that when they're in front of college coaches, you know, that they're performing at their peak. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to be team chemistry, you know, yep. tryouts Thursday. Yep. So, you know. And these kids, when they get to high school next year in our high school team, they're going to have certain things that they learn, maybe four different ways to overcome a screen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or 
how to get open on a full court press or certain little what I like to call distinctions within the game spacing and and really where to position yourself that sometimes people don't teach, right? Yeah. Sometimes coaches assume a kid when they say, "Hey, you yeah. just got to get open." Well, that, you're supposed to work on that in practice. Or if a big guy, you know, continuously brings a ball down when he rebounds and it gets stolen, yeah. well, that should be worked on in practice, right? Yeah. Not during the game. Or like if the big guy takes one dribble and then passes it and it gets stolen, well, that should be worked yeah. on in practice, yeah. not during the game, right? Yeah. At least the yelling. You had said something the other day. I didn't mean to cut you off. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was the best. And you had said, Danny, you know, you learned this from Danny. The hardest part of this whole thing is practice. That once you get to the game, you're just, you're a boxing manager. You're just yeah. managing the game. Yeah. And I thought that was real powerful because if you're yelling at the kids at that point, yeah, it's too late. I've only seen one coach that, <laughs> that yells at kids, and obviously he's the greatest coach in history, which is Bob Hurley. But he doesn't yell out. He he doesn't yell at them. He kind of his vocals is about like what the next play is and what's happening next. Yeah. Not saying you got to bring the ball down or you got to get open. Like it's yeah. always instructive. Everything I've ever seen him do. Yeah. Anyone else I've ever seen do that? It's just you know you just didn't do your job. Yeah. And you're now blaming the kid. Can you talk about what your practices are going to do and what that looks like to manage the game? I yeah. think that was incredible. Yeah, definitely. You know, practice, like intensity is everything. You know, very fast pace. Um, and then working on the fundamentals. Like if you go to like high-level colleges or NBA organizations, like they're working on the fundamentals. Nothing nothing is beneath you. You're working yeah. on layups, dribbling, um, really defensive habits. Like it's you, you, we're not playing one on one. Like if you get beat off the dribble, like where's our help defense? Yeah. And then how, how are we rotating to recover? And, you know, just trying to put these guys in the, you know, in game-like conditions in practice and yep. make it very difficult, put them in situations, you know, we're down by a couple, like here's how we're going to do it in a yeah. game so that it's seamless. Simulation. In the game. Yeah. 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 But but I think what I'm hearing you say, though, as, and that's great, I think what you keep going back to, it's about the relationship, though. Like they need to know that they can trust each other and that you care and that there's a real family mindset. It's not just that. Yeah. It's also off the court stuff that makes the intangible that much better on the court. Yeah. Am I am I understanding 100%. that? 100%. It's it, it's all it's all it, it comes back to relationships with everything. I That's mean amazing. even like there's got to be no ego on the coach. It's like even like I've heard uh, you know, Coach Hurley talked to players before the season like where do you like the ball? Like how do you like to come off of a ball screen? Like how do you make your it's a conversation. Obviously, you're the coach, and you push them hard and stuff like that. But you know, you got to put them in the best situation for them to be successful. That's and amazing. They have to trust you. Did you, you know? do that last year in high school? We were able to even with that first year for the yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, you know, we had a couple. We actually had one week of practice. You know, before our first scrimmage. But yeah, no, I'd come to my point guard and, and my two guard would say like, I, a "Coach, I'm feeling it." Like, go back to me, and I'm like. You know, you give them the confidence. Yeah. You, you believe in them because yeah. they, they know if you don't like. And I believed in my guys, so like they stepped up and they made shots. That's amazing, amazing. So, if we look at like you know, we know where you want to be the next three or five years. Um, is there something specific that you feel can really add a lot more value to your world as far as being a coach or an entrepreneur? What would that thing be for you to accelerate even faster? Like, what is something that, that you know, if you say, if that happens, then this will happen. Yeah. Right? Is there anything like that? Yeah, I think I think it's the, the commitment, which I think the, the players are willing to do. Um, you know, the spring and the summer is huge. That's where you, you make up a lot of ground yeah. on people, um, especially if people are playing other sports and stuff. Exactly. Um, you know, you get on a good AU team. I always love that. Yeah. And um, – so, so that that's all the answers. Like, and we went through a rough patch in the season, and you know, 
you support them yep. and, and we work together to try to do it and win as many games as possible. But you know that like the answers are in the off season. The yeah. answers are in who's waking up early, who's getting shots up, who's, you know, who's in a weight room. Yeah. Because then, you know, come November and December, like we're gonna see who put the work in. Yeah. So so you as a coach there's certain rules, right? So how do you track that within the rules? How do you know who's getting up early? How do you know who's in yeah, the weight so, room? Yeah. So, you know, you, you could just really I'm fortunate we have a strength coach at North, Coach Rose, who's yep. like unbelievable. Yeah. So like we open it up to the guys three days a week and, okay. and they go and they have a really good program where they're, with their weight training. Okay. Um, you know, then we're able to run open gym. I can't be present. Yep. Um, but we're able to have a supervisor. And, you know, it's, it's all people that, you know, know basketball and stuff and they can't report back to me. Yeah. But my biggest thing is I want to make sure it's accessible for our guys. Like, yeah. you know, don't, don't give them an excuse. Like, hey. And, and they want to get better. Hey, here's a weight room three days a week. Yep. Here's our open gym two or three days a week. They're playing AAU. Um, you know, that, that's how it happens. Like, yeah. It doesn't happen by mistake. That's amazing, man. And, and you know, for you, when you get to the summer and you're in a, what they call the live period, is that is that what they yeah. call it for the coaches? What does that look like? What are, like, what are you can't, like, what are you excited about when it gets to those, I guess it's two months? Yeah. Yeah, so so there's a live period in April, and and then again for high school summer. Um, my, my fault for yeah. high school June, right? June, and um, you know it's just trying to put them in the best situation possible. So it's not just an open gym. Are you yeah. like working? So, on so the you, you'll go play. You'll go play in like games. Okay, in the live period. Like you okay. can go playing games. Are you allowed to coach them during that time? Only like during the month of June. So in the month of June, you could set up practices like it's like it's December. Yes, really. Yes. They recently changed that rule. So summer, you have more access to your guys. They changed away from that or they changed? To it. Okay. All yeah. right. So in the summer, you can now coach them or no? You could coach them on like a summer league. Okay. And you can no, run some practices. You could, you could be there. Can you and coach it, plays and can you coach designs? You, and You could work on stuff and start okay. building for next year. Yeah. And I would assume the coaches that are really, they would probably step into that space and want to do that as, as much as possible. Yeah. Um, you know, listen, you know, if we could pivot real fast, um, I know that. You know, you have a, a family pedigree in basketball. Like, do you do you see yourself ever going back to college? Is that something that you're interested in? Is that even on your radar right now? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm just, um, you know, we got the son now. Um, you know, I want him to be in one place surrounded by family. Yeah. And like I said, I went to the Middletown North. Like, it, it would mean a lot to me if, as a coach, I could turn it around Yeah. Um, and win. Yeah. You know, like I did as a player. Yeah. And I think we have the pieces. And if we work hard and we all continue to get better, it's doable. Like yeah. That would mean a lot to do it as a player and do it as a coach. It's not going to be easy. Yeah. But um, you know, that's what that's what wakes me up every morning. Yeah. So you have the under, let's call it the formula of someone that's underrated, right? Of someone that is blue collar. Yeah. Like there is a map that you could go back in your life and say, well, this is what I did. Yeah. This would happen. And now I could show you how to do it. Yeah. Right. So. So basketball obviously was a passion for you. And, and when you say family, are you and your wife both from the area? Yeah, we both went to North. Okay. All right. So so there was the family connection. And yeah. And, and her parents live in town. Mine do. So we yeah. want him to you know, kind of grow up around family. He's yeah. got cousins in the area. Yep. Yep. That's awesome, man. So listen, um, I just want to, first of all, I want to thank you for coming in today. Um, I'm going to be excited to watch as your high school coach, your career, to see what happens there, obviously. Um, I'm super excited about the next five months because I just get to be a fan and <laughs> try not to say anything to anybody at all. That'll be that'll be a good thing. Um, and I want to thank you so much. I, I, I met you, and within 48 hours, we had an agreement, which mm -hmm. is awesome. 
Um, I want to support you any way I can, including summer league. I mean, summer basketball camp, four weeks of camp. Um, it's a very big deal if you go to the right camps as far as your basketball, not only acceleration, but like understanding, and, and this is for parents, understanding how your kid could really benefit, not just from a, a cookie cutter basketball mm -hmm. camp, but like a camp that has true, genuine fundamentals and really learning the game at the best way you can during that short time window, but what the takeaways are. And every once in a while, like I, I've come across a lot of people in my life and some of the things that Eric just shared, what he talked about, Danny Hurley in particular, his attention to, to detail. When I think of the entrepreneurial speed and environment I'm in, and I think of the folks that have been there, done that, the one I think of right now is Dave Meltzer, who has not only a sleep coach, um, but he wakes up at 4 o'clock every morning, and he is literally in 15 to 30-minute segments of interviews and all kinds of work that's being done that's systematized that is – Listen, success success leaves clues and there's no coincidence. It doesn't show up at the front door. You have to, it's not your right. You have to go and get it. It's a choice, right? So um, I want to thank you, brother, so much. Looking forward to building this out. And I'm um, just excited that, that you're part of the Epic family right now. And, and I'm part of your family. And um, it's funny that we had such a commonality within the Hurley world. And um, I'm just super excited and grateful that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Can't wait for Thursday's tryouts. I'm ready to go. I might <laughs> I might even try out with the kids. Let's go. Yeah. That's it for today with Rob Gill and the Epic Financial Strategies Podcast. Be sure to hop to iTunes or Spotify to subscribe and tune into all the podcasts. Also, be sure to follow the Rob Gill YouTube channel and Rob Gill social media channels. We'll see you on the next podcast.